Welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm Alex, your host. Today's episode, we're going to take a left turn and talk about something of why the investment portion means so much and why you should care. We're going to talk about mortgages today and buying a house, the important factors to kind of look into because it's really easy to make a bad decision because you fall in love with a house. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about things to factor in buying a house and what that overall landscape looks like. So that's what today's show is going to be like. And we're going to get started in three, two, one. song. Love that music. Always gets me going. Before we jump into today's show, I want to go ahead and say if you have any questions or comments about today's show, go ahead and send me an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com or visit the website alexrichwagon.com with G-E-N on the end of Richwagon. My name is Alex. I'm your host. In today's episode, we're going to talk about mortgages and buying a house and the factors you've got to think about. And first thing you probably think about is like, why the episode? Why a episode on mortgages? Well, honestly, I get a lot of questions on this subject on how to buy a house, what to look for, how to finance the house, what to put down, why putting down money is important, and how that how that kind of you know all equates into one thing. So we're going to kind of get started is how to buy a house. So the first thing you want to kind of start thinking about is geographic location to proximity to your work, starting with, and then thinking about the the wants of life. Do you want a 3-2, a 4-2? What's your price range? Price range should start dictating where you start looking, and you can probably find that pretty easily on a site like Zillow.com. First things first, let's start talking about the money portion and why you need to leave your emotions at the door. You gotta understand the finance behind the mortgage and, and what you're actually buying, what you actually own, and why they offer rates of 15 year, 20, and 30 year, and what exactly does that mean to you? And of course, that elephant in the room is the 20% down. Why that's so important? So let's get started talking about the money portion and why you need to leave your emotions at the door. When you buy a house, you start thinking about your dreams and like, oh, this is so beautiful, I can't wait to live here and spoil some, put some roots in, get to know my neighbors. Everybody else that is involved in a transaction looks at it just like that. It's a transaction. It's a business decision. That's it. That's all they look at it as. You've got to kind of put that hat on for just a minute for at least through the negotiation portion of what are you buying and why it's only a transaction. Because mortgage brokers, real estate agents, businesses, they look at items like that when you're looking to buy a house. They look at that as a transaction because they make a spread based on what the interest rate is and what's going on. I want to talk about 20% and why that's a big deal. So 20% down is a percentage that was put into place post the mortgage recession back in 2007 to protect, not really home buyers, but really to protect the industry from themselves because if home buyers putting down 20%, 
they're more than likely going to stay there. But it's, it's a good safety net of what they look for as far as a safe threshold. And so why 20% makes sense and why it, it needs to be thought out and why 20% is a big number is the median price of a house is about $200,000. So 20% down, you're talking 40 grand. Goes back into why investing is important, why to have some kind of strategy or vehicle is important, because 20% down equates to avoiding something what's called private mortgage insurance, which is also known as PMI. PMI protects the lender in case you don't make your house payments. They repossess the house and they can sell it for the amount left in the house and the bank can repossess the bank. So the reason why PMI, I bring it up, is important is if you don't put at least 20% down in a conventional loan, you're going to be subject to PMI. And the standard rate on PMI for a $200,000 house is about a couple thousand dollars, which equates to a couple hundred dollars a month. Now, I don't know about you, but I can certainly find something better to do with my money than just give away $200. Keep in mind that PMI, private mortgage insurance, is required if you don't put at least 20% down in the house. I know there's FHA loans with 3.5% down, which is only about $7,000. Much easier number to deal with than the $40,000 number. But keep in mind, you're giving up an opportunity cost. What do I mean by opportunity cost? The typical time to eliminate your PMI, let's just let's just go for an example, let's say it's 10 years. It takes you 10 years of paying the PMI down because when you first start paying on your loan, you're actually paying on a 30-year loan. You only own a very small portion of that loan, the majority is interest. So going back, PMI, let's say it's $200 over 10 years, which comes a little, comes around to $24,000. $24,000 because you're paying it month over month, and some of it's tax deductible, so you'll get some of that money back, but typically it's you're just paying because of a mortgage rule. Even with a low-cost, low-risk investment over a 10-year period, you can double that at least in the same time period, going back to the opportunity costs. So it's important to start thinking about investing strategies earlier because you bring up things like this and like, what does it all mean? What am I going to use this money for? Why is it so important? Well, money's not the end-all, be-all, but... It does make life easier when you have a little bit more of it so you can make other decisions that you don't have to wait for somebody to tell you what box to be in. So again, PMI, private mortgage insurance. There's a great article that I'll post on the podcast link this week. And it, it goes really into depth in the detail about PMI at a much further further rate here because it goes between the breakdown of the conventional loan, the 20% down, and how you can get either a 30-year loan or 15-year or 20-year loan, and that portion doesn't matter. And an FHA loan, it goes up to a little bit higher as far as the PMI rate, but I'll include that article right there. But I just want to talk about the high level of why the 20% down, why do mortgage brokers talk about that, and what does it mean to them. Honestly, they don't really care if you put 15%, 20% down, or if you're a 15, 30-year loan, because they're still making a spread either way. I want to talk more about a 30-year loan versus a 15 loan and what you actually own as far as your house and why that number I keep kind of reiterating why that's important because A, if you do put 20% down and you do a 15-year loan, 
you're going to own a much more significant portion of your house, and every payment equates to a much higher percentage of principal payment. So remember, your mortgage payment is broken up between principal and interest, P&I, and typically on a 30-year loan, your P&I is split. You own something like 25% of that goes to principal, or 75% goes to interest, and then over 30 years, it starts to scale the other way like a seesaw. Versus a 15-year loan, you own over 50% of that principal right up front. So let's say your payment's $1,000, 500 goes to principal, less than 500 goes to interest. Make sense? I'm going to put this into action with some numbers. Let's say you're a first-time home buyer and you're buying a median-sized house, $200,000, and you put 3.5% down for an FHA loan for a 30-year mortgage. And let's say 3.5% down, that's seven grand, and your 30-year mortgage is around 4%. Typical numbers right about now. After one year, you'll own about $10,000 worth of house. So you'll own a tenth of the house. After five years, you'll own about 25000 After 30 years, if you just stay on the same course, you don't make any extra payments or anything else, you would have paid three hundred and over $330,000. That's a lot of interest. It's almost it's a hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars you would have paid in interest over hundred thirty eight thousand dollars. That's a lot for a house. I mean, that means so you've got a house and you've got a house of worth two hundred thousand, but you've paid an extra hundred thirty eight thousand. Those numbers should mean something to you as far as like oh my gosh, that's a lot of interest. I know the percentages are low, but when you really do the math and you run it out, because the interest is always kind of running. It puts a lot higher than what you actually think if you actually run the mortgage over 30 years. Now, let's take the same approach with a 15-year mortgage, which again is going to be a higher payment on a monthly basis, but here's why it makes sense. With 20% down payment, so you're putting 40000 down on a medium-sized house, 20, uh, 200 grand, and a 15-year mortgage. After one year, you'll loan 47000 just under $48,000. After five years, you'll own $83,000 of your house. After 15 years, you would have paid $213,000, which is interest of 53 grand. Remember, we're taking out the $40,000 of the down payment because that's not factored into the loan. So it's the extra on top of the original loan of 160, because remember, we took the $40,000 from the 200,000, giving us $160,000 of a loan, and the interest comes out to fifty-three thousand. That's a three, almost a three-to-one ratio, just based on some simple decisions that you can make if you're in a position to make those decisions with your investment strategy. Could be that. It could be another strategy or another another income stream. But these are the kind of things that are important because these are the opportunity costs you give up by making so-so decisions earlier on. It's a huge difference between putting an extra $33,000 down and a possible $200 extra a month at least. Because remember, PMI is about $200 a month. Yes, some of it's tax deductible. However, you're going to have opportunity cost to own more of your house and pay less in interest over the lifetime of the loan, which is a huge, huge difference. I'm going to include a link to more about the math and the background and how you come up with these numbers. You can run these anything through a financial calculator. You can use Excel. 
you can probably even Google it um, as far as other ways of figuring out the P&I and the, the amounts. But I label it out, kind of walk through the entire process of what that looks like. I want to talk also about why it's a good idea to buy a house. Why, why is it important to not just rent? So let's say your rent's typically, I don't know, $1,200 a month, and then you've got utilities and other things going on there. In a house, if you put some money down, when you're actually making payments, you actually own a piece of the house versus if you want to sell it later on you actually can you actually earn something back versus when you rent you're just paying a landlord and then you can move out after your lease is up you don't really own anything and if you leave early you've got to probably pay a penalty versus owning a house you're earning equity on what your loan is against and when if you sell it you recoup some of that money and have capital appreciation that goes along with home values. I know there was past events where home values went up way too fast or they went down too fast. Over time, house prices do tend to appreciate even with some of the anomalies. And going back to buying a house, there's other things you want to think about as far as factors. And I label this out with, there's, I put a three-part series on my website, alexrichwagon.com. And some of the major expenses you've got to think about and why a cash reserve is very important. So let's say, let's go, go hypothetical. You've got 40000 like I am ready to buy a house. Wrong. Stop sign. I would wait another six months, another 12 months, build up the cash reserve. Why the cash reserve is important? I would say at least $10,000. A home, just like anything else, can break. They have things, they have issues. Let's say you need to replace your air conditioning units. It's over 10 years old, at least five grand. The roof has a problem. Sure, you can claim on your homeowner's insurance, which might be five grand out of pocket. They'll replace the roof. Or if you want to replace it yourself, it at least 10,000. Appliances, most appliances today, major ones run at least between 500 and $1,000. If you want to replace the windows, that's pretty expensive because of all the energy efficiency ratings that you only need to do. You need to do a kitchen or a bathroom that can run several thousand dollars. Kitchen especially is at least over ten. And I bring these things up because as you start thinking about these ballooning expenses and the ballooning cost of putting a down payment on a house, because I see so many people make the mistake of, oh, I can just put three and a half percent down, put the minimal payment, I can pay seven grand, at least I'll be buying a house. But you don't really own very much of your house. After a year, you put seven grand down, you actually don't even own a little bit more than 10% of the overall loan value versus the other side of the equation, you own close to a quarter of it. The math is there, and it, if you can afford it, it makes sense. If you can't, you can't. It doesn't matter. These are the opportunity costs I want you to start thinking about as you look for that home purchase, whether it's your first or second home purchase, and doing things a little bit smarter on why it might make sense to do a 20-year loan or a 15-year loan. Yes, the payments are going to be a little higher, but once you understand the math on the other side of the equation, you understand that you're putting a lot more money into the principal instead of just the interest. Just like buying a house and investment strategy, most things in life come down to options, decisions, and consequences of those decisions as it pertains to opportunity costs. I hope this explanation and deep dive into mortgages, PMI, why investment strategies are important, especially for I would say younger investors, millennial investors that are coming up and want to start buying that first house. 
think about what that money is going to be used for as you think about your investment strategy. Even a low stable cost investment, you start early enough, it can balloon into something where that $40,000 will be very affordable. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, go ahead and send me an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com. And go ahead and visit the website, alexrichwagon.com. And that's, of course, with a G-E-N on the end of Richwagon. And I'll go ahead and post all these links out on the site so that way you can look at them and make your own decisions and best decisions for you. Because I talk about other things of how to look for good neighborhoods, crime rating, how to look for safe neighborhoods, things that are important to you, school districts. I put a whole bunch of good links and everything else out there to help you make the best decision for you and your future family. So with that, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.